Um, we're not going to be long tonight. The kids will be in bed by 9 o'clock. <laughs> All of our parents that are here. Thank God for our workers tonight that are working in our children's church and our nursery. We thank God for them. Come on, let's thank God for them. Glory to God. It's a lot dealing with children. Thank God I'm not a nurse. God ain't anointed me to be a nursery worker. I'm so happy that God, he has not anointed me to do nursery. <laughs> Lord, nursery, would, it, it, they, they would have fired me. I'm yelling at everybody, sit down, everybody. Thank God. God knows where to put you. <laughs> when I walk by the door, I just be like, I'm going to keep walking. I can't even stop. But I love, I, love, I love our children. They're wonderful. God's doing some great things. Um, now, I got a lot of y'all telling me on this week that everybody's going out of town and, and, doing, and moving around this week. Um, so um, we're going to have to reschedule this Friday night prayer to next Friday night. Because come on, the devil don't want this to happen. But everybody's going to be going this weekend and nobody's sending on Sunday. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, uh, postpone it till next Friday night, all right? So not this Friday, next Friday night. So just make sure that you uh, let everybody you know that's a part of this ministry. Let them know. Say, hey, Bishop said we're going to have prayer on next Friday night. Um, I'm like, they start telling me all the people that's not going to be here. I said, wait a minute. We need everybody here. We can't be praying and nobody's here. I mean, I pray by myself, but you know. I pray by myself. I have good prayer by myself, but you know, we want to make sure that everyone is here, uh, not just for prayer, but for communion, for fellowship, and um, it's going to be a wonderful time. So not this Friday. Everybody say next Friday night. Next Friday night. All right. Exodus chapter 3. I'm going to be reading tonight from the New King James Version. Probably everything I'm, that I'm going to be um, reading will be New King James. So just follow along. If you have your smartphone or tablet or whatever you have, just follow along with us. And... Um, it's not my goal to be long. I just, I want to deal with this because I, I saw something um, that's, that pertains to our unlimited series that God wants to speak to us. And I saw something in Exodus 3 where God was dealing with Moses about his life and what he was about to do with him. And Moses had an issue with the call. He limited himself because he saw himself in a certain light. So we're going to deal with that a little bit tonight. All right, Exodus 3, verses, y'all already know what I'm going to say, so it's good. Exodus 3, verses 1, 1 through maybe what, 7 or so. But I'll, I'll jump around and I'll, I'll tell you where we're going to be at. Verse number 1, Exodus 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared it appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire. But the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. I'm going to look at this thing here. Why the bush doesn't burn. Verse number four. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, then God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Verse number seven. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. Now watch what God is telling him is this is not really about you. Right. <laughs> I, I need you for something, but it's not about you. Oh, Lord. A lot of times we put so much credence on God is using me. 
God is using me to, to do this and God is using me. And we put so much call on the using that what we don't realize is God really don't need us. Come on, please say it, man. He really, God doesn't, he does not need me. I realize that. It humbles me when he uses me because he doesn't need me. Come on, say, somebody say amen to that. I think we'll have people in the, in the body of Christ that will be more humble if we realize that God is using me, but he doesn't need me. Say, so he uses me, but he doesn't need me. He said, watch this. This is what it's about. Verse number seven. And the Lord said, I've seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. This is about my people. He said, so I've come down to deliver them out of the hands of, of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land. Watch this. To a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of, of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Verse number nine. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. Their cry has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression which, which, with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. The first, the first thing we understand about this, this text is that God wants to do something for his people. Moses is a piece to the puzzle, right? Um, write down this definition for limited tonight because every time I, I deal with you, the, the definition is going to change based on the text. Tonight, the, the word limited, it means restrained, restrained, or unable to do what is asked. Restrained or unable to do what is asked, all right? It also means unable to have free movement. Unable to have free movement. This one is my favorite. It, it, it also means unable to have or, or unable to take action. Unable to take action. Unable to take action. It means to be immobilized or held back. To be immobilized or held back. And this is the issue, what most people don't, don't no, they're going to put them up on the screen so in case you need to get it again. I'll, I'll walk through them again. To be restrained, it means unable to do what's asked. It means unable to have free movement or unable to take action. It means to be immobilized or held back. Immobilized or held back. Most people... And what most people don't, don't realize is that they have been the determining factor of their own limitation. They have been the determining factor of their own limitation. God is not trying to hinder you. <laughs> God is not trying to hold you back. God is not trying to stop you from, 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 from doing anything that he called you to do. If God gave you a vision for something, God's not going to give you the vision, then hold you back from doing what he gave you the vision to do. But we have been the determining factor of our own limitations because of our minds. Somebody say, God is not limiting me. 
In fact, his, his word promises in, in 3 John uh, 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 chapter 1, verse 2, he said, I want you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Watch, when, when asked why we can't go back to school or, or why, why we can't get a degree, why we can't start a business, why we can't do the things that, that, that God has given us vision for, why we can't be used by God, why we can't be used at a greater capacity than we're being used right now, a lot of people, they come up with answers because they've limited themselves, not because God has limited them. Why can't you buy a house? I don't have the money. Have you ever had the money to do anything that you've, that you've had a vision for? Have you always had the finances to do it? And what happens is anytime God has taken us into something new, we come up with excuses why we can't fall in line through faith. Whenever it's a new, watch this, if it's something that you've had, you've, you know, uh, uh, I'll give a good example. Um, my wife and I, we got one car repoed in our entire life as a couple. I don't know how many cars she got repoed before me, but when we got married, she ain't get no cars repoed. I'm just playing with y'all. I'm playing with y'all. But, but, but when we got married, um, we, we came and started our church. We, 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 uh, we started the ministry. That wasn't the car God wanted us to have. It was way too much money for us with a, a small family and, and paying five, $500 a month for a car when, when income is at $100 a month. God, God didn't want us living off of miracles. Come on now. Everybody lives off miracles. And Lord, I just believe you for the next one more month, Jesus. No, sometimes you got to downgrade it because you won't downgrade God or make it so that you have to be downgraded. Oh, we don't like that kind of talk. We're like, oh, Lord, we don't like that. So, um, so, so we, we got a car repo. I made up my mind when the repo man came and took the, and took the truck, the Suburban. I said, I'll never have another repo ever again. I'm, I'll never have another repo again. I'm going to pay cars off. I'm going to pay cars. That was just my, I, just, I came up with that. I felt that in my spirit. I spoke it out of my mouth. I'm, I don't like this feeling. I don't like this feeling. I don't like having something taken away from me that I've learned to enjoy and love and be, you know, drive this thing and has more than enough room for us. I don't want another car repoed. So I said, I'm not going to get another car repoed. And ever since then, we have not had another car repoed. But it has not, from then on, it has never been an issue for us to buy a car. Now watch. So, so what, we, what we've learned to do is we've learned to save until we've had enough money to purchase a car. Amen. We've learned how to, how, how, how to leverage our, our debts so even if we have to uh, lease uh, or, or, or get a loan from the bank, we have over half of the amount of it in cash already. So the amount that we're getting from the bank is a small amount. We, we just may need two or 3000 to get us over with what we already have. So, so we can handle that on a monthly basis. But all in all, we've never, ever, ever had to lose a car again. When, what, this is what most people do. Whenever, whenever they, they go through loss or they, there's, there's an extenuating circumstance, what most people do is shut down to this kind of problem. Yes. Instead of determining, I'm not going to go through this like this again, right. what most people do is they start limiting themselves. Right. Right. So, if I, so I had a Suburban. A Suburban was a car that got repoed. Right. If I stuck with only buying cars and never, and never opened back up to having a truck then I've limited myself. Does that make sense? A lot of times in our losses, what happens is when we say, I'll never go through this again, what we start doing is we start limiting ourselves so that we don't have to go through this again. 
we start, we, we start shutting the doors in our own mind. We start saying that I'll never, I'll never do anything like this again. When the truth of the matter is that you're going to have to love somebody again. Y'all, we quiet tonight. You can't say I'm never going to love nobody again because God made you to love. <laughs> Most of our answers are and the, the, the things that, and, and just, just think, think for a second tonight about your visions. The things that God has told you that you are supposed to do. The things that you felt in your spirit, this is what I want to do. I'll use, I'll use Dominique for an example because he's here tonight and, he, and I'm going to pick on him in a little bit. So let's just say Dominique says, look, I want to record an album. I want to do 10 songs. I want to record an album, right? Let's just say that, that, that that's, that's, that's what, his, what he's saying. You don't mind picking on you, right? Okay. <laughs> so let's just say Dominique says, I'm going to record, record a record. I'm going to do 10 songs. I'm going to co-write half of the album. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get with people to produce. I'm going to do this. And then in the midst of him doing that, Everything falls through. The plans fall through. The studio falls through. The writing doesn't come, and everything falls through. And he says, I'm never going to do this again. Stop singing, right? He's going to concerts. He's like, I can do better than that. Come on, think, because this is what we do. I can do better. Oh, my God. You see how off they sounding? Oh, my Lord. We critique stuff that God has given us a vision for, but because you wouldn't do it, God has you seeing everybody else who, who, is, who doesn't do it to your level of standard. And it's almost like that becomes your thorn, the thing that bothers you and bugs you. You can't even sleep at night, man. Like, I, I wasted $20 on this concert. I came here to hear this, and it was a bunch of garbage. Why? Because there's something in you that God put in you, and because you're not going with it, you are now fighting within yourself because you've limited yourself to not do what God called you to do because when you tried it before, it didn't work. Now think about this for a second. How many things have we tried and failed at only because it wasn't the time for it then? Not because God gave you a no. Not because, oh come on please. Not, not, not because even Satan was fighting you. It just could have been that the timing was off for what you were trying to offer. If Facebook would have been offered during the season and time, I'm going to date myself, the time of Black Planet and MSN messenger groups, it would have been too advanced for most people to understand what it does. Most people would have said, man, that the nerds are going to have to do that because I can't do this too many things. I got to talk and I got to get inbox and I got to do this and I got to post some up in pictures and it would have been too much. But what happened was the timing of it was perfect because, because the other platforms led up to Facebook. A lot of times the enemy discourages us because what most of us do is when we miss a time and a season or, or God tells us to do something and we miss that, 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 that window of opportunity, then, then this is what we say. I'll never do this again. So tonight, write this down. I'll never limit myself again. I'll never limit myself again. Most people limit themselves because they've imposed on themselves that limitation based on the conclusions that they've come through in their mind. And their, their mind has processed this thing. And in their mind, what they've said is, I will, I'll never do this again because I don't want to experience this again. I don't want to go through this again. I don't want to have this happen again. This was embarrassing. This was something that everybody saw. This was public. 
And I don't want to go through this again. It took a lot for me to get, get over this. I'm, I'm not going to get married again. I'll date forever, but I'm not going to get married again because I had a public breakup. I went through a divorce. Ooh, we quiet tonight. I went through all of this stuff. It was a bad season of my life. And because I went through this bad season of my life, now I don't want to go through this again. Can I help you with something? You're going to go through other bad seasons. Moses was the same way. Look at, look at Moses. He had so many excuses uh, uh, to God why he could not do, watch this, what God called him to do. Say, God called him to do this. God calls him and says, hey, man. He says, me? Yeah, you. Look at the bush. Looks at the bush. He says, I have people who are in captivity. They're my people. I want to, I want to rescue them out of captivity. I want to rescue them from the grips of Pharaoh's hands, and I want to use you to be the guy, the point man in this whole operation to help me to get my people out of slavery and captivity. <laughs> Moses hears God, watch this, and he starts giving God the excuses about why he could not partner with God to do what God came to him and told him, this is what I want you to do. Yeah. Now watch, if there's no failure in God, God knew every excuse that Moses was about to give him, but nonetheless he still showed up to him. Type, uh, uh, take, 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 take this note. Say uh, to yourself, you're not as bad as you look. <laughs> and you're not as bad as you think. Because to us, we look bad to ourselves. Amen. When you look at your flaws and the areas of your life where you know you need deliverance in, where you know you're not measuring up in, we use that as an excuse why God can't use us. Ooh, we're quiet tonight. We use everything, we, everything wrong that we know about ourselves as our defense to God why he should choose somebody else to do whatever he's calling us to do. Who does that? Who tells God, no, thank you? <laughs> Think about that was that God came to him and was like, look, I want you. And he's like, no, I'm all right, God, go on, find somebody else. <laughs> So let's, let's walk through. Is there my four excuses I want to deal with tonight that probably you'll see yourself in at least one. You'll see yourself in at least one of these excuses, if not all four. Moses' Moses's first excuse was, watch this, I'm not qualified to fulfill this calling. I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified to do this. God gave instructions to Moses to bring the Israelites out of Egypt Moses' response to his calling was three words. Who am I? Who am I? All right, Exodus 3 and 11. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I? Now watch this. When a person doesn't feel qualified for a task that, a task that God has called them to do, like Moses, he says these words, who am I that God should call me to do that? We start measuring ourselves versus the task that God has called us to do. And at that moment, God already knew that he put something in you to handle what he's telling you to go do. We just can't see it yet. He says, who am I? Write this down. This is an issue of identity. This is an issue of identity. So many people don't know their worth. We spend so much time looking at our flaws that we don't, 
we don't, we don't spend enough time understanding our worth. Yes, I'm jacked up. Yes, I have a little temper. Yes, I, yes every once in a while, this, I fall short over here. But, but outside of all of that, I know God's hand is on me. We don't spend enough time, we don't spend enough time rehearsing his hand is on me. We don't do it. We don't spend enough time telling, telling ourselves that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And because of that, when God calls me, my answer to him ought to be yes. Not because of my flaws, but because of the call. Everybody say, this is an issue of identity. Come on, say identity. The question that needs to be answered tonight is, did God make a major mistake in calling you? Do you think God made a mistake when he, when he shows up on the backside of a desert and, and says, hey, you? You think God was just like doing like on, one of my favorite movies, Coming to America, where should we go? And they spin the globe and they go, boom, New York, where should we go? Queens. Do you think God was doing that with Moses? God doesn't make mistakes. Who should I choose? Okay, Moses, that's the guy I'm going to use. God called Moses before he was ever born. For that specific time, the same way he's called you, somebody say, for this time, time. say, God's called me. Tell somebody, he's called you for this time. time. Tell somebody else with conviction, he's called you for this time. So this is what God says to you tonight, stop canceling yourself. Lord, stop canceling yourself because you're unsure of yourself. Stop canceling the assignment that God has given you to start that business. Stop canceling the assignment of prayer that God's given you. Stop canceling the assignment of speaking his word. Stop canceling the, come on, stop canceling the assignments that he has for you because you don't know you yet. Okay, I said I'm going to have to preach hard. Let me take this little bit, let me take this little nice microphone off tonight because I... Most people, most people condemn themselves and convict themselves before God can clean them. I can't. Why can't you? Because I know what I've done. And I know how I am. And still, and still in there. Now Moses, he killed a dude. He's a killer. You smoke weed. You, 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 you've cussed somebody out. This man was a killer. And God shows up in the middle of a desert and lights up a, a bush on fire and says, let me get your attention. And when he gets his attention, he says, I'm choosing you. Out of all the people in the world, I'm choosing you for this task. And the task is really big because these are my people. These ain't just some scrubs. These ain't some people around and I just, they, they called on me and I'm trying to deliver them from something. These are my people. I've heard their cry. It's come up to heaven before me and I scoured the earth looking for somebody who I can anoint to go in and take care of business for me. And, I, and my hand, it wasn't a scroll. It was a survey. I looked around and said, not her, not her, not him, not him, but you, Moses. And Moses says, but I can't. Write this down if you're taking notes. I've said no to God for the last time. 
This is powerful tonight. I've said no to God for the last time. Because a lot of you have missed so many major blessings and opportunities because your identity was in question because you've never felt qualified to do what God's called you to do. So you've boxed yourself in in your mind thinking that that was a safe place. Boxed in in your mind thinking that's a safe place. God can break your box and come into your private space and still call you. All right, that's the first excuse. Maybe you found yourself there. Maybe not. If you didn't, let's try the second excuse. The second excuse is, I don't have enough knowledge to carry out this assignment. I don't have enough knowledge. I don't have enough knowledge. And this is where a lot of people fall short. Look at verse number 13 of Exodus 3. We're really halfway done right now. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers, watch this, has, has sent me to you, and they're going to say to me, what is his name? Moses said, what am I going to say to them when they ask me what your name is? He doesn't feel qualified to do the work because he feels like he doesn't have a deep enough relationship with God. And a lot of people struggle here because we feel like we got to get deeper in God before God can use us. Now, now look at this. He doesn't even know God's name. That's like somebody on the street walking up to you and saying, hey, I want to use you to do this job for me. You're like, huh? Okay. He doesn't know God's name. He doesn't know, he doesn't know, he doesn't know his name and God still shows up to him and says, but I still got need of you. He says, okay, I'm going, I'm going to go, but I mean, but my issue with going is they're going, these people are intelligent people. They're going to ask me, who sent you? If I show up to Pharaoh and say, let, let uh, God's people go, he's going to say, well, who sent you? Moses is saying, I don't have the wisdom or the knowledge that I need to explain to Israel or even to Pharaoh if they ask me who you are. I don't feel like I can do this because I don't have a deep enough relationship. I haven't spoken in tongues for 80 years yet. I don't feel the anointing of God every day. I haven't, I haven't prayed for my first person and seen them recover yet. Come on, all the stipulations we put on God to tell him not yet. I haven't preached my trial sermon. Come on here. Come on, all, all of that stuff. I, ha I haven't had my initial calling sermon. <laughs> like what? He said, I can't do this because I, I, don't, I don't know if, if I'm yet connected to you. And they won't receive me because they won't believe you sent me. This is an issue. Write this down. This is an issue of being vulnerable. You'll always stay boxed in if you don't want to be vulnerable. Because people these days want to be comfortable. They don't want to be vulnerable. The only way God's going to continue to use you and you're going to continue to say yes to God is you have to stay in a vulnerable place. It is an uncomfortable place that you choose to be in on purpose. I'm going to say it again. It's an uncomfortable place that you choose to be in on purpose. You'll always stay in a limited place, especially in your mind, when you don't allow yourself to become vulnerable to being a doer of what God's asking you to do. He's doing the asking. Your job is to stay vulnerable, watch this, not just to hearing him, 
but vulnerable to telling him yes, although what he's telling you to do, you may have never done before. I've never done this before. My relationship with you is not that deep. I can barely explain to somebody the plan of salvation. And you want me to preach your gospel? Now think about that today. Think about how religious folks mm, would try to stop Moses from being a deliverer. Think about how many, how many Pharisees in the church would tell him, no, 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 you need to sit under my tutelage. Come on. I need to lay my hands on you for 85 years. Let me help you with something. Is that stuff important? Yes, it is. You have to have confirmation. But watch this. But, because everybody, you know, but. But, you got to be careful for people who, who want to lay their hands on you but don't take their hand back off of you. The church in this generation, this, this level of leadership wants to hold their hands on people so they can't go nowhere. Can't do nothing. Don't, if, if the gospel is the gospel, God is calling you not for the church. He's calling you for the world. Somebody write that down and say, he's calling me for the world. What good is us? What, what good is every week us preaching to each other and nobody outside these four walls ever know who Jesus is? Amen, lights and camera and Facebook people. God is cutting our watches. In here, your gift is sharpened. In here, your gift is confirmed. You don't want to get out there and try stuff. Because then a demon will pop up and say, Bishop H.R. Crump, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? Who authorized you to do this? See, order isn't, everybody say, order is necessary. But while you're learning order and structure, somebody has to be able to release you in a house like this so that you can see, and, and this, this is something that most people don't want to hear, but anything you're going to get great at, you've got to practice it somewhere. And it, you, do you really think that Michael Jordan became the greatest player of all time because, he's, because he got on the court and started shooting shots? It started back when he was, when he, even before he got to college. Playing and, play and shooting all day long, getting it wrong. His form was wrong. He missed a lot of shots. I'm sure in high school and in, and in college, he had, give me the ball and missed and they lost championships and games. He got cut, matter of fact, in middle school somewhere, in high school somewhere, got cut off the team and became determined that I'm not going to be limited because I was discouraged from doing it. The church has to settle this tonight. You're going to have to settle this tonight. There has to be a settling in your spirit, watch this, that I'm not going to be limited in my mind because of a past bad experience. See, I refuse to be limited. Watch this. God wanted him to say yes, although he didn't have an answer for what he knew people were going to ask him. God, now no, notice this. The only time that God responded to him was after he said, who should I say sent me? Then, then the response comes back, tell them I am that I am. But before that, God never said, and I am, tell them I am, I am is going to send you. Now, will you go? He just said, will you go? God, just says to him, God says to him, will you go for me? 
He never, he, the only reason why God says, tell them I am, sent you is because he said they're going to want to know. Which says that God was willing to send him, watch this, with no other information other than the call. Think about that for a second. Come on now, people, think with me. If God showed up to him and says, I want you to go and do this, and God never said to him in his initial call, tell them I am that I am is going to, that, I, that I'm the one that sent you. God was expecting him to say yes to him and go off that alone. Which says that a lot of us are waiting to jump through a thousand hoops. God only answered him because he said no. Think about that. The only reason why we have that text is because he said, I, how am I going to do this? Look at this question. How am I going to do this? Who should I tell them is sending me? He didn't have the faith to even know that, that he could walk up in the palace and tell Pharaoh, listen. He thought, he thought in the natural more so than God called him. Oh, okay. Tell somebody, don't stop listening to God. You can't break connection with God because you don't understand the call. And when you stay boxed in, you'll never, ever continually say yes to God. You'll always need conditions to be met before you, before you follow God. God says, God says, this is what I want you to do. Go over there and talk to that lady in the red. Well, God, if that's really you, let me hit my foot. Come on. God, if that's really you, if that's really you, Lord, then, then, then let somebody bump into me. Watch this. What if, what if God doesn't let anybody bump into you? and you miss an opportunity that he called you into. What we're waiting for is a thousand confirmations because we really don't know him yet. All right, third excuse. And, and after this, we got one more. We're done. I'm, that, that's all. I got a little Bible study lesson for you all tonight. It's not big. The third, the third excuse to God that, that Moses had was, I won't be able to do what you called me to do effectively. I won't be able to do what you called me to do effectively. All right, Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. Then Moses said, but suppose, look at how he's starting. But suppose they won't believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord hasn't really appeared to you. That's what he said. What if, what if they say after you, after God told him, tell him I am sent you. He says, what if they don't really believe it? What if they don't believe that? In other words, what he was saying was, I don't believe that I have what it takes and I won't be able to be effective at this. Think about this. When God calls you to do something, what a lot of people see is they see them doing it in their mind effectively. That's a moment of faith. But how many times is a moment of faith broken because we see that and come back to real life and, and try to figure out how? You want me to lay hands on the sick? I'll do it, Lord. Then you start thinking, wait, wait, wait. So does the power come through my hand? Does... Does it come through my head? Does it come when I when I shout the scriptures at them? What what you know? And what and when we start when we start trying to think it through, we really start the process of pulling ourselves out of it. How many times have we pulled ourselves out of promises from God or out of a command that God gave us because we try to think it through and try to figure out how it's going to happen? The way God operates is like this: God says, "Do it." You do it, and He empowers you at the time of. That's why He said, "Don't worry about what you're going to say." 
He said, at the time of, I will word your mouth. I'll give you what to say at the time of. Because if you think it ahead of time, you're going to try to speak for God and it ain't going to be God. It's going to be all you. So what he says is, watch it. All of it works together. You have to be vulnerable enough to go when I say go, do what I say do, and when you get there, you got to trust me enough that when you open your mouth, I'm going to speak through you. This is how you really expand. <laughs> so what, what, what was Moses dealing with here? Write this down. This was an issue of doubt. An issue of doubt. Issue of doubt. He started hesitating. God tells him, now first of all, I don't care what nobody says. If, if I go in my backyard to walk my little doggy, donut. Me and donut out there walking, Right? If I'm out there walking, me and Donut out there walking, and a bush catch on fire, and I go and get the hose and try to spray it out, and it stays on fire, then a voice comes out of that and says, this is what I want you to do. I don't care what nobody says. I'm listening. Fire ain't going to take the voice. And I know that's God's voice. And he tells me, I am is going to send you. At that moment, doubt is going to run. A lot of us need so many confirmations. Because the truth of the matter is that we're struggling with internal doubts. Being unsure. Watch this. If you don't overcome this, then what happens is, now watch this. If you don't really deal with doubt, the issue is this. Doubt causes you to make more mistakes. When you're doubtful, you mess up much more. Because you're trying to figure something out that ought to come naturally. So watch, any, any drivers in here? Anybody drive? Okay, y'all understand this. Um. <laughs> that was, I thought that was one of your jokes. Did anything? So. <laughs> now watch, drivers understand this. It is not until you have driven a route consistently back and forth that you start, that you don't need any more directions you don't need any more directions, and you can drive there while thinking about other things. This is the process of God. A lot of us, because we haven't been continuous, steadfast and unmovable in the things of God, we need constant directives. God has to still take you step by step. God has to say, okay, now forgive. Then God, okay, now be quiet. Now do this. Now do that. When the truth of the matter is that some of the things that are base level Christianity items ought to be things that we do because it's second nature now. Nobody has to, I don't, I don't need Siri to help me get from my house to the church. Because for the last three and a half years I've been driving from my house to the church. If I still need Siri to help me, then I haven't been paying attention. The question God asks is this. How many times do you need him to give you directions on something you should have by now? Okay, I'll leave you alone. Uh, <laughs> the fourth excuse, and then we'll end, we'll, end, we'll end with this. I hope this blessed you. Fourth excuse. This is a good one. He says, this is the fourth excuse. He says this, I don't talk right. I don't talk right. Exodus 4 and 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, 
Neither, be, neither before nor since you've spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. This is my issue. It's my issue. He says all of that, fine. <laughs> I'm not eloquent. I, I can't talk right. I don't, I don't have what it takes to do this. I don't, I, the words are not coming together. When you look in the, in, in the Hebrew, the word that Moses says is he, is he says, I have a heavy tongue. Some scholars say that, that it wasn't so much a stutter as it was a lisp. But watch this, watch this. His further excuse to God was that he was lacking speaking and leadership qualities. Now remember this, God is calling him to a diplomatic mission. He's going to have to go and speak to a pharaoh about what God is telling him to do. The mission involves high-pressure speaking. High-pressure speaking. He's got to go in there and say, the Lord said, Pharaoh, let my people go. And he's telling God, but I don't talk right. Write this down. This is an issue of self-esteem. This is an issue of self-esteem. Oh, Lord Jesus. Moses' speech impediment, watch this, is self-described. Self-pronounced. I can't speak right. That's how he viewed himself. My question is this again. Why would God come to him and tell him, you're the man that I want to go talk to this man if his speech, if, if Pharaoh couldn't understand him? It obviously says that he talked well enough for God to choose him. He responded from a place inside of himself that, that boxed himself in. This is, this is and, and now the, the, the whole name of, my, of tonight's lesson is limited by choice. Limited by choice. Everybody say limited by choice. God says, you the man. He says, I don't talk well. God came to him and said, you're the guy. He says, no, I'm not. His self-esteem was shot. Notice this. It's self-described. I don't speak right. God never said to him, I'm going to purify your tongue. I'm going to deal with your issue. God says, go and speak. Now, one or two things has to happen here. Either God is going to heal what he calls a speech impediment on the way. Or God is going to have to deal with Pharaoh's ears to hear him with a speech impediment. He's telling God, I can't do it because I feel like if I talk, it ain't going to sound right. How many times do we tell God, I've grown up with this. This is how I view me. God never brings up to him that you got a speech problem. Watch this. It never bothers God. It only bothers Moses. How many things bother us, but it don't bother God? How many issues do we claim as issues that God never called an issue? Think about that tonight for a second. How many issues do we claim as issues that God never said was an issue? Moses' speech impediment, watch this, was larger in his own mind. He boxed himself in based off of what he felt and the way he felt he sounded. It was more of a handicap to him than it was a handicap that was perceivable by others. 
He's putting so much credence on the, on the speech impediment that he says he has that has taken a toll on him probably from a, a young child. Watch this. What do you do when God says, I want you, but you tell God, no, I've had this issue my whole life, and God says, it's only an issue to you. So what does God do? How does God deal with that? He sends him an Aaron. Every person, while you're breaking out of a place that you've boxed yourself in, you may need an Aaron. You want to know who your Aaron is? The Holy Ghost. He says, I'm going to send an Aaron to you, your brother. Look at verse number 11. So the Lord said to him, who made man's mouth? You got an issue. Your issue is only that you don't know that I made the mouth. <laughs> he says, uh, who makes the mute? Who makes the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Verse 12. Now therefore go, and I'll be with, I'll be with your mouth. Now look. He's, he said up until now, he's got an issue with them not believing him. They got, and God never told him, I'm going to be with you. But now when he starts talking about his mouth, God says, I'm going to be with your mouth. Think about that for a second. When God, God doesn't mince words. God said, tell him I am sent you. God said, this, this. But when he starts talking about the mouth, God said, I'm going to be with your mouth. I'm going to be the one that anoints your mouth to speak. But even in him saying that, Moses couldn't, he couldn't fully get it. So God says, all right, all right, watch. Uh, he says, uh, I'm going to be with your mouth, and I'm going to teach you what to say. Now, look at how patient God is with a man that keeps telling him no. We got four responses of no. Full response of no, because I want you all to see that God is not the God that's going to slam you and kill you and throw you under the dirt because you got an issue. Four times he tells God, I can't do this. This got to be for somebody else. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know this thing for me. And God keeps coming back to him and said, no, but it's you. It's you. It's you. And then he says, I'm going to, who made your mouth? I made your mouth. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with your mouth. Watch this. I'm going to teach you what to say. But look at what he says in verse 13. A fifth time. He said, oh, my Lord, please sin by the hand of whomever, whomever else you may sin. In other words, he says, this is not for me. Again, this is the fifth time. So the anger of the Lord, watch this. Now here it goes. The anger of the Lord was kindled against him because he said, I've given you every opportunity to expand and not be limited by your choice. And look at how God, now watch this, because a lot of people say God's angry. Look at, look at, what is God going to do? Is he going to slam him? No, look, look at how God deals in anger. He says, is not Aaron the Levite your brother? Now this is God in anger. Because a lot of people don't understand the anger of God. To those whom he loves, even in anger, he still gives you a way out. Think about this tonight. You know how many times God could have killed us and taken it because the wage of sin was death, but the gift of God is now eternal life. But you know how many things we've done against him? Look at what he says. He says, um, go, go, go back to verse 11. So the, so the Lord said to him, who made man's mouth? Who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have I not the Lord? Go, I'm going to be with your mouth and teach you what to say. He said, no, Lord, send somebody else. Verse 14, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is not Aaron the Levite your brother? 
He says, watch this. I know that he can speak well. When God says you're the person for the job, he doesn't even give you out when, when watch this, when what you say is valid. Think about this tonight. Because the limitations that Moses had in his mind, God wouldn't take no for an answer. Expansion is not about what you believe that you can't do. It's about hearing God's provision for every area that you've given him an excuse for. Think about this. I can't. God says, yes, you can. Expansion. Everybody say expansion. expansion. Is about God telling us what we can do. Apostle Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Look, look, look at this. He says, um, uh, he can speak well, your brother Aaron. Look, he is also coming out to meet you. God so directed Aaron's steps that while Moses and Aaron are going through, and he says, isn't, isn't Aaron your brother? Yeah, he is. He, look over there. He's coming over here right now. God directed the steps of Aaron, who was going to be a mouthpiece for him, to be walking at the exact same time that Moses said, I can't talk right. That wasn't a coincidence. He says, watch this. When he sees you, he's going to be glad in heart. Verse 15. Now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. Oh, God. Catch this. He says to him, you feel like you don't have it. You feel like you can't say it. I'm going to send him. You're going to talk the same way. I'm not changing your speech. I'm not even going to change his ears. Because ain't nothing wrong with your speech. He says, but if it makes you more comfortable. Because he's not the one I called. You are. If it makes you more comfortable, I'll let him come. Watch this. And I'm going to have you to speak and put the words in his mouth from your mouth. Tell him what I'm telling you. Moses had the connection to God. Aaron had the connection to Moses. Aaron ended up being the mouthpiece. But what Moses ended up being the brains. The same one that said he didn't have it. God says, this thing ain't going to go without you. Amen. All right, we're ending. He says, watch this. Speak to him. Put the words in his mouth. I will, be, I will be with your mouth and with his mouth. And I will teach you what you shall do. Now, now, now. Write this down if, you, if you're taking notes. And this is the last note. My choices have hindered me for the last season. My choices have hindered me for the last season. You want to know what God was really saying to him out of all of this tonight? Quick Bible lesson. But you want to know what God was saying to him out of all of this? He was telling him, the only reason why you feel like you can't do none of this is because you've limited yourself by the choices you've held on to. Tonight, let me challenge you when you go home. Ask Holy Spirit to bring up in your mind the areas where you've self-limited yourself. The places in my life that are self-limited, not God-limited. Bring up in my mind all of the hindrances 
all of the places where I've hindered myself from being who you called me to be. You ever had somebody prophesy to someone and, and say, you know, or somebody ever said this to you, like, I, I see a millionaire in you. You dance and shout, like, glory, hallelujah. Then, you, then when you go home, you try to figure out how. Like, I ain't got no business. <laughs> I ain't no business. I got an okay prayer life. <laughs> I got an okay prayer. I don't, I, don't have, I don't have no business. I don't have nothing on the table. I don't got no investments. How is this going to happen? And what a lot of us do is, thank you, what a lot of us do is we start the process of canceling out what God said. Oh, hear me. The heart of God for this season for his people is go back to what I said. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost in that. Go back to what I promised you. Go back to old prophetic words. Dig them back up out the grave. Dig those old words up and, rem and remind yourself this is not a season of limitation. God spoke some stuff to you five years ago, three years ago, a year ago, ten years ago, and you haven't seen it come to pass. Could it just be that in this season where he's taking the limits off and you're seeing yourself without limits, could it be that this is a season that God says, now accept it and receive it? We're going to have more people in this house that are going to be homeowners, book writers, songwriters, poets. What's, what's, the, what's the correct word for what you do? Yeah. Illustrators, because there's more coming. And a lot of us have limited ourselves because we've said what an industry doesn't look like. This don't match an industry. God says, I'll make a lane for you. Every person in here, with the testimony that you have, you ought to buy you a journal and start writing. Because somebody wants to hear your story. I was praying this morning, and the Lord said, you have more book writers in your church than you know. This morning, the Lord told me that in prayer this morning, you have more book writers in this church than you know. A lot of us are, are missing opportunities to evangelize the world. I went through this. I'm more victorious than I look. I'm more victorious than I look. I got, I got so many things that I've, I've come out of that I, I can write a couple of volumes. This is volume one. I got so many things that God delivered me out of. And you hold the testimony in. God said, do you realize that the world needs to hear what you've overcome and how you made it out and, and see you today through the words of a book? I said, God, he said, tell them tonight. To, and this is to the writers. And for, there's at least two of you in here that have been contemplating writing and God has been on you about writing, but you've been like, I don't want to do that. God said, write your book. There's at least two book writers in here. God said, write the book. 2020 is going to be the year of publication. Whew. 2020 is going to be the year that God puts on display 
what you had to endure and go through. 2020 is going to be a great year. But listen, I'm not waiting for 2020 to get started on this. Somebody say, the year's not finished yet. Take the, take the limits. Take the limits that you put in your mind by your own choices and erase them. And deal with the stuff that the enemy has been telling you you can't do. And take a step into it again. Lift your hands up. Take a step into it again. And hear the Lord say, tell my people, take a step into it again. Step into it again. Let the spirit of fear come off of you tonight. Step into it again. Step into I know you're going through stuff in your body. I know, I know that your thoughts are all over the place. I realize that, that what the enemy has tried to come up against you with made you very timid and fearful. It's made you take baby steps again. But God said, get ready to take giant steps again. Some of us are behind schedule. You're behind schedule because you've been taking baby timid steps. But God has not given you the spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and love and a sound mind. There comes a time where you gotta, you're going to have to confront some stuff for the last time. Tonight is that night. You're going to have to confront fears and phobias. And I tried it before and it didn't work before. And I feel all alone and I don't have nobody to back me and push me. You got the Holy Ghost to push you. You got the Holy Ghost to back you. You don't need a publishing house to push you. You don't need somebody in the industry to push you. You have the God of all gods. You have the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. Get ready. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders amongst us. Prepare yourself. Get yourself ready to be a millionaire. Get yourself ready. Come on. Get your, start writing your manuscript. Get your recipes together. Start your, 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 your season of encouragement. But whatever you do, don't limit God in your mind. Don't limit what God can do. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask, watch this, or think. My mind has been messed up because I failed and I thought I was a failure. But I realize that God in me, because he's in me, Jesus in you, he's the hope of glory. Because he's in me, I can't fail. Even if I tried it before and it didn't work, it doesn't mean it was a failure. I tried it and it didn't work for that season. But somebody said, it's a new day. It's a new season. Come on, stand to your feet. We're about to go home. But I feel a heavy sense of God breaking off of your mind tonight. Breaking off every impossibility off of your mind. Breaking impossibility out of your heart. Breaking impossibility off of your finances. This is one of the best seasons of your life. You are not limited. You are not limited. Somebody tonight needs to ask God for strength. Look, give me the strength to come out of this season where I've limited myself. Give me the strength to come out of this. I've limited myself. And somebody tonight, I hear the Holy Ghost saying that, 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 that there's at least two of you in here tonight that are angry with yourself because you've missed it time after time again. Hear the word of the Lord to you. 
you might have missed it a thousand times but God said I've never walked away I've never walked away just like with Moses even after you told him no even after you tried it didn't work even after you said I'll never do it again God said are you ready <laughs> are you ready because if you're ready you're about to see things that eye hasn't seen ear hasn't heard some of you have taken a hiatus on the gifts and the talents that God put in you but God said no no the hiatus is over get ready to see my glory father we thank you tonight oh God we speak the word of the Lord over every mind in this house tonight I speak the word of the Lord over every mind in this house every place where we have walked away from what you've called us to do where we have put the brakes on and told you know about the callings that you've had on us where there's calling in ministry calling in schooling calling in business calling in any area of our lives tonight we take the brakes off we step back into the calling again we resolve tonight that we come to the end of fear and we break that manipulative spirit of fear we break the suggestions of the enemy we break every suggestion of hell we declare tonight that there's a newfound purpose brewing within us tonight there's newfound faith within us tonight the, the things you've called us to do shall not die within us we will not go to the grave with all of this wealth within us we won't go to the grave with all of this wisdom within us we won't go to the grave until we fulfill what you've called us to do we will die empty we won't die with all of this in us tonight god give us another shot give us another opportunity open up new doors i speak in the holy ghost that new seasons are coming new doors are opening what has been a season of wait god said now is a season of move forward and go after everything let your hand touch it let your eyes see it so this is a season that god says i'm ordaining for your life oh we 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 we, we divorce fear tonight we divorce the spirit of fear we break the spirit of anxiety we will be who you've called us to be we will not be timid in you god but if you call us to it we're going to step into it we will see the salvation of the lord in this time and in this season we will see the salvation the deliverance of the lord in this season of our lives this is a great season of expansion of overflow and seeing the promises of god come to pass somebody shout i believe it come on shout i believe it shout every promise every promise it's mine tonight see i received the word in jesus name that somebody give god the greatest praise you got hallelujah no more excuses no more excuses we believe the report of the lord hallelujah get a seat in your hand we're going home on that we believe the report of the lord we believe the report of our superior. we believe the report of the lord we believe the report of the lord we will not be hindered another season we will not be hindered another season hindrances are moving tonight oh somebody's willing to grab a hold of it hindrances are leaving tonight i'm talking about hindrances are leaving tonight what has been a fight for you up until now says the lord will not be a fight for this season of your life for you will have sweatless victories you will see victory after victory you will see your foot on the, on the neck of the enemy
will see with your eyes what God promised you. You will hold it in your hands. Somebody say, I receive it. In Jesus' name. Get your offerings tonight. We're going to sow our seeds. We're going home with that level of victory. I believe God. Hallelujah. I believe God. Somebody shout, I believe God. Come on, somebody shout, I believe God. Somebody shout, I believe God. When you have your offering, just hold it up tonight. We're going to pray. We believe God's word. Hallelujah. We believe his word. I'm going to end, I'm, I've, I've already determined I'm going to end this year seeing the promises of God coming into my life. I'm going to end this year walking in the promises. Most people have already given up and waiting for next year. Somebody said, I'm going to see them this year. I'm going to see the promises show up this year and I'm going to walk in every one of them. family don't want it God bless them I'm going into my stuff if my wife don't want it God bless her, I'm going into my stuff this is about you walking out your own soul salvation this is about you getting what God promised you they'll be the recipients of it but, but somebody has to be the forerunner you gotta hate people now listen don't hate people that don't want to go in with you they'll get the residue of the blessing they'll get, they'll get the part of the blessing that you release to them but somebody has to be the forerunner. Somebody has to be the person that runs in and says, no, I'm going to take this thing. Somebody has to walk into the promised land. Somebody has to fight the giants. It might as well be us. Hey, hey. Somebody got to go in and take the giants. Somebody has to be a Caleb. Some, come on, somebody has to be a Joshua. Somebody has to say, I'm well able. I still have strength for this thing. I haven't lost my joy for this. I haven't lost the promise of God. Somebody shout, if I have to be the one, I'll be the one. If I have to be the one, talk about me when I'm going into the promised land. Hey, 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 hey. Say what you want, but I'm about to see some promises. It's been a rough year, but I'm going into the promise. Hey, I've been in a wilderness for too long. I'm going in for my family. I'm going in for everybody who didn't have the faith to go in. And when I go in, I'm not just going to bring grapes back. I'm going to bring a path back. I'm going to say, follow me as I follow Christ. And we're going to see this thing together. Woo! Somebody has to be Joshua Caleb. I never let people that had doubt stop me. Had 12 spies. 10 of them said it couldn't be done. And the majority of the whole nation said it couldn't be done. But two had to have an unlimited mindset. Two of them had to stand by themselves and say, oh, God promised this. God wouldn't say the land is ours. God wouldn't tell us the land is ours and we don't see it. If God said it, he's going to give us strength for the giants. If God said it, we're going to walk into that thing and we're going to see it with our eyes. Everybody else can say no, but if God said it's ours, somebody say, I'm walking into it. Come on, tell somebody I'm walking into it. Tell somebody I'm walking into it. I'm going to walk into every miracle, every blessing, every promise. Some promises you're going to go into with tears in your eyes, not because you're sad. 
but because Lord I thank you that I'm seeing it in this season of my life I'm seeing it now after all this time I'm not seeing what you promised me somebody says it's time for it I'm seeing it with my eyes your joy is coming in the morning your joy is here now your joy is here now some of us have cried enough We've been upset about this a long time. God said, get ready to see it happen. Now walk. And now train your feet to walk into it. Tell your feet we're not going to stop till we get into the promise. And tell everybody else around you, say, you don't have to believe God, but watch me go in. Tell your family, oh, y'all don't have to walk with me in this. I'll get up all of us. I told my family, I'll get it for all of us. Y'all don't have to go in. I'll get it for us. God will give you strength, and he'll give you strength that you never had before to get it for your family. Woo. He'll strengthen you for battle. Caleb said, I'm old now. I'm an old man. He said, but I understand going in and coming out. I'm old enough, but I'm ready to war. God's just giving me a, a second dose of strength. My eyes are not yet dim, but I'm an old man. God was preserving him. Don't you tell me that you're old and you can't get it. God will keep you in strength and energy. God, come on, Abraham and Sarah. God will give you a baby when you're past age. God will give you the strength to walk into a promise. Although the world said it can't happen. Where are the believers at tonight? Where are the believers at tonight? Anybody still believe that God can empower you? Past the season that the world said it couldn't happen? The world says you don't have enough credit. God says, watch me become Jehovah Jireh for you. Watch me provide for you. Watch me make rivers in the wilderness. Watch me do for you in a dry place what shouldn't happen. Watch me break the rules. Watch me bend. Watch me bend time for you. The world says 60 after 60, you ain't supposed to be doing nothing. God said at 60, that's the new 20. I'm going to give you strength in your holy years and your ladder shall be greater. Hey, I feel the hope. Your ladder's going to be greater. The older you get, God said, I'm going to give you more strength. I'm going to give you more energy. You are not decrepit. You shall not die in old age because of old age. God said, you won't leave him when you say it's finished. Let me leave it alone. If I don't, we ain't going to lift your hands and say, Lord, I want all of it. Come on, declare, I want every promise. Come on, tell him, I want everything you got. I want everything you promise. I refuse to go under 